0: Let's wrap it up. Thank you, everyone, for listening to episode number 18 of Observe and Poor Show. Feel free to share this with all your friends. Uh, subscribe to my newsletter, the Observe and Poor Newsletter. Um, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, all linked in the bio below. Thank you. Oh, my God.
1: Wait a minute. Uh, I have to, I forgot. This is so important. <laughs> Music, stop. No, this is so important. If you've Hold reached on. this part of the podcast. Yeah, wait. Okay, thank God. Listen. Okay. Quick story.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 18 of the Observer and Poor Show. I'm Kyle Brennan, joined as ever by my beautiful co-host, Keith Sullivan. Keith, how we doing today?
1: Couldn't be better, pal. Couldn't be better. Always. I'm doing a lot better than uh, Andrew Bushnell, I'll tell you that. Andrew Bushnell, tell yeah. me more. He lit himself on fire today uh, okay. in protest of the... How'd that go? Is, um, I don't know if he's dead. I, I don't know. I saw the video, because yeah. I've mentioned on this show a hundred times now that I like to watch people get their heads cut off sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And the video, the site has plenty of those videos that I go on. And it obviously had this one. And yeah, this American Air Force soldier. I don't know if you do know about this or no.
0: No. You don't know anything about this? Most normal people do not.
1: So, well, it's all over Twitter right now. (laughs) Like it's blowing up because, um, well, I'll get into the reason why. But so anyway, this guy, I think his name was Andrew Bushnell. It could be Andy. I don't know. I forget.
0: It's really important that we mention.
1: Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, I don't know if he's dead. I don't know. I don't think he is. You know, you'd think it would be absolute, but it actually takes a long time to burn to death if you're in t- totally engulfed in flames. It takes a minute, and he was only there for a while. So this, so real quick, the guy God only takes like forty five seconds, honestly. No, it doesn't. He starts. He starts. Listen, it takes a minute. It's torturous. Um, he takes his phone, obviously, and he's like, you know, I'm whatever Bushnell, and I I'm in the Air Force, and I'm in protest of the Palestinian conflict, and we need to free Palestine, whatever. And then he just dumps something flammable all over his head, right in front of like some military base that he works at. He's active duty, full uniform. Is a U.S. soldier? U.S. soldier. Oh, wow. Yeah, in America this happened, and I'm pretty sure, and he lit himself on fire, and then everyone starts flipping out, these people around, the security guards, police, and they put him out. I think they put him out before he ended up dying, I'm pretty sure, but the funniest part of all this, and this is going to directly tie into what I want to talk about today, because I actually I don't know if I told you, but I I figured out the problem with the entire world, Keith. Did so, you? Yes.
0: And you're gonna light yourself on fire? No. Today. It, it, uh, okay. It's it's
1: it, he's part of the problem. Got it. And no, but no, he's not. The reaction to what he did is the problem. So wait, so the war's not over? No. He didn't end it with lighting himself on fire? That's... Ex- no. He, he, mm. it, he, what a, in this name of martyrdom, no, he did not. Darn but, um, yeah, he, he was so close. It yeah. was... All the elites were like, wow. He had me going for a second. Yeah. No, all the politicians were and the elites were like, you know, we really should, but, you know, I just... I need this war to go on. I need my... <laughs> I have the summer house, yeah. the, the college tuition. I just can't... I feel bad for the I, guy. I got Raytheon you stock, know? you know? Hey! It's all... It's business. Yeah. It's not, you know... So... The thing is, though, on Twitter, someone put a picture of him, and it says, Rest in Power, right? And someone said, can we please not use that expression for him? It's supposed to be reserved for black people, right? Oh, because boy. I think... I, and, and But honestly, I thought that, too. I thought that was just... I've actually never heard that phrase. Rest in Power was like a George Floyd thing. Okay. And like... But even like the power thing with the thing, like right. that's a black thing. Yeah. And so everyone's upset that you're gonna say that about a white man how dare you whatever the bullshit typical modern day you know whatever and like so you can literally light yourself on fire and die potentially for the cause but the left will still hate you if you're a white guy like at the end of the day (laughs) you're still the problem (laughs) so you can literally light yourself on fire and and they'll go well you're still part of it. Like, someone literally said... What was his motive? Yeah. Right. Someone literally said, um, can we not use that expression when I'm talking about a white man? And he Have said... Have we
0: looked into his past? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and, and they go, a, a, a white man who's also in the military, oh, like, yeah. hello, problem. <laughs> and it's like... It's just so funny that and and that's okay. So this is going to take me into what's going on. You solved the problem. I I figured out what's wrong with the entire world. All right. Okay. Here we go. Let it Did you happen to listen to Chris Williamson's episode with Eric Weinstein recently? I
0: did today. Did you? Yeah. Did you
1: today? Great, it's fresh in your yeah. head. He's also by the way, Eric
0: Weinstein like he's brilliant. Mm. But he like he he talks so He's very like cocky, and it's almost himself. like he's—he
1: acts like he's the last person who's ever going to talk. Yeah. Every time he's yeah. talking, he's very, he's very, like so serious. He's
0: not like—it almost is demeaning, like yeah, it like is. He's well, talking
1: down to it is, it is. Let but he's—he's he's smart enough. Oh yeah, it, it's okay. It's still, it's still. Fine. I, I'm just this can even be in the episode me checking the camera. I really don't care. But, but um, he, I feel yeah, like he's, good. Sm- hes smart enough that I give him a little leeway there. Yeah. So I thought that when listening to this episode too, but then I started to realize. Something about what he was saying with the theory of everything. It's kind of like his famous thing. Yeah. And I got to be honest, dude, if I figured that out, I'd be a little cocky too. Yeah. But the thing is, yes, I get what your point is with him. So in the episode, Chris brings up, I don't know if we got here yet, the Abilene paradox. Do you know, did you remember that? Yeah. I forget what it was. So the Abilene paradox, in my opinion, it's really not a paradox because I'm really fascinated with this scenario that he describes. So I actually went way deeper into the social psychology of that whole thing. I started reading papers and essays and looking up data points and all this stuff on this particular subject. And I realized that it's not really a paradox. What it really is, in my opinion, is a peculiar intertwining of two already existing examples of um, social interactions that could become contradictory depending on people's behavior. So the first thing is what's called a Collective fallacy. And the second scenario is something called uh, preference falsification. Now, let me just get through the Abilene paradox. So, the Abilene paradox describes a scenario where, let's just say, you're a marketing executive. And your job is to pitch ideas about a product in a meeting and people either agree with the idea or they don't. And then you pursue the idea. Right. He used
0: the uh, the Bud Light example. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So, right. So you. So, let's just say you're this marketing executive and you go one day, I'm going to think of an idea that everybody likes. Right? Now, this is where I went into my own kind of research about it. How can you or anyone have that have that thought or feeling like everyone's gonna like this idea consciously you don't know this but subconsciously there are these um settings in society where and and they're either low trust environments or high trust environments. High trust environments are when you and your wife are in the kitchen, you can say things to her that you can't say to a pal even maybe, you know, when it's just the two of you. Or if you're having beers in a garage with your friend, you'll say things that you would never say at work or in church or in a lobby of, an, of a hospital, whatever. It's just different social scenarios and settings that it's, it's and the, the the trust can vary depending on who and how many people you're talking to. Right. So you censor yourself depending on the environment you're in. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So Having that thought really just means, well, the meeting is a low trust environment. If I pitch out an idea, people will be very less likely to to speak out against the idea in fear of being, you know, called out, or mm-hmm. you know, or just just being the, you know, the, the the Manchurian Candidate, just standing there all by yourself. It's a it's a scary feeling. <clears throat> it's
0: actually, sorry to cut you off. No, it's okay. I know you're on a roll. But um, Jeff Bezos brought this up almost this exact same thing of the reason why when he's in meetings, because he's literally the most powerful man like on the planet, yeah, he has a rule that he does not speak first in the meeting uh-huh. because he knows about right. this kind of like falsification. Right, right. Where if he speaks first and says, here's my idea, everyone in the room, if you're a low-level executive at Amazon, no one's going to say no. No one's going to be like, hey, Jeff, right. uh, I think that's pretty stupid. <laughs> so he actually has a rule that the lowest level or lowest-ranking person Speaks first. And, and, th- and then they go up. Right. And he his like goal, basically, is to almost say nothing in that meeting. Uh-huh. He wants everyone else to make the decision. And if he disagrees or, or agrees, brilliant. he wants that conversation to fester without his involvement. Mm-hmm. So he's very aware of that. I'm sure there are instances where he's just like, no, fuck you. I'm just a business
1: and I'm going to do this. But like, it's cool that he's aware of that. And a brilliant guy like him would figure out a way around this. And that's yeah. the only way, yeah. really. So... Let's get back to the paradox scenario. So you, you 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 show up at the meeting, knowing this all subconsciously, and you you know, for example, let's just let's let's not use the Bud Light thing. Let's just say you're it's an athletic uh, clothing company, and the, and you come in with a let's just go for it all. You're it's an Indian Muslim paraplegic whose parents are dead and they're gay, like whatever. They're gonna be the spokesperson of this clothing line. And everyone has their feelings about this, but they don't want to be the only person to speak out against it. They thought Athletic Clothing Company, well, we will get you know, LeBron James or, or Gronkowski or someone like that. But like, this person makes no sense, but I don't, want to call, I don't want to be the only person to speak out against this against this because I'm going to get called a name, and I don't want to take that risk. So I'm just going to agree, mm-hmm. right? Now, what was the original goal here? The original goal was to find an idea that everybody likes and pursue the idea. But what ended up happening is an idea that nobody likes got approved, and now we're pursuing something that nobody wants to do. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is cell phones, okay? And the cell phone is connected to the internet, and it films in 4K resolution, 60 frames per second, and it's always charged 100% almost, whatever it is all the time. No one's phone is dead in their pocket. So now the world is a low-trust social environment, right?
0: Another guest that Chris sent out on his podcast is this guy Ger- Gerwinder Bogle, mm. who I love. Like He has one of the best... Substack's and like he's very um he's very tuned into like all of these different paradoxes and mm. fallacies and he he basically publishes i think every year he publishes like 30 new um thought structures and they're like they're very punchy right they're like little one sentence frames of like here's how to not fall into a certain psychological trap and one of his tweets which, which I'll read he says if people are afraid to say what they really think, they will instead lie. Yes. Therefore, punishing speech, whether by taking offense or by threatening censorship, is ultimately a request to be deceived. So you're actually when you're afraid to say something, instead of like speaking out, you're essentially asking just to be deceived, where like you're not you're not actually accepting no one's actually confronting the truth like, yeah. in, in that room. No one is saying what they're actually feeling. They're all lying and right. basically deceiving each other. Right. Right. It's, it's almost uh, like groupthink. Right? Yes. Or um, bystander fallacy or right. paradox. I don't know what it's called. Bystander. Well,
1: like, I mean, it's not a paradox because like paradoxes yeah, no. to me are much more direct. Bystander in their, effect. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, like if someone right. falls at
0: when you're at a crowded stadium. No one helps them because everyone assumes someone else. Someone is else is going to help them, exactly. Yeah. Right,
1: exactly. Like, and it creates these echo chambers of one one ideological thing, where you know, like it's whatever the most virtuous idea is. Let's just push that, push that, push that. And I'm not saying it's Palestine, Israel, whatever. I don't really, you know, it, it's not. It's it's very complicated. But like, people be- can become very obsessed now with these things, and they may may not even actually feel this way. It's just like, like you got to think over time. As it compiles, how many things are we pursuing as a species that we don't even really want to be doing? Like if this oh, is always time. all the time now. I mean, that's that's basically like Twitter, right? Right. Like, how
0: often? Think about before phones existed, you could wake up and just go about your day. Maybe you'd re- read the newspaper and get pissed off about a few things that you saw in the newspaper. But now on Twitter, you can open that at any point in your life. Yeah. Go in the bathroom or you're walking to the bathroom. See a guy light himself on on fire. See someone throw spaghetti at the Mona Lisa. And like, and see all, someone get it mad at him because he's white. Getting mad, yeah. at him. and you're like, wait. And you what? see all these things, yeah. and you're getting mad. Your blood pressure's rising, right? All on your walk to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. That previously, it's like shit that you normally wouldn't give a shit about. If right. someone just came up to you and said, "Hey, if you hear about this," you'd be like, "Yeah, whatever." So, but the, now you have the ability to click on that video, watch the video, read the comments, right? Send like it to a, your friends. Send like, it to your friend. Like, start a conversation. Go down this rabbit hole of something that you actually don't really care about. Right? You're just like you're inflamed. By this one thing Mm -hmm. and now you're you're attached to it inflamed good and you can get on to like 40 different things like that in the span of an hour
1: right so my point is when I said I figured out what's wrong with the entire world um, I mean it's phones like it's just the fucking phone that's 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 the the whole problem it's the phones you know, I knew this guy, he was the biggest piece of shit I ever met in my life. Very very rude, grumpy, but he was old, and he was an asshole to everybody. And but he, you know, the thing is you got to listen to people like that because he said to me out of the blue once, he said, "I'm telling you, these fucking phones are going to be the end of the, it's it's going to bring on the apocalypse," he said. And I was like It's just something you never, you you have like little, like little chirps in your head from third, third, like third grade. You remember something the teacher said to you? It's one of those things that I have in my head. I think he's right. Like, and it's not because of any other reason other than that. We're now always in this low trust environment and everyone's afraid to say how they really feel. So all these things that are getting done are being done in the name of this like false virtue. Like impossible utopian ideal that's not really reachable and it's perfect for psychopaths to take advantage of because people like the guy who was running that meeting, maybe he was consciously aware of what would happen and he's like, at the end of the day, I don't really give a shit about this person or the brand or whatever. All I know is that my idea got approved and I'm the one who's going to get the credit and I'm the one and they know that long term, this is not even a real resolution to any issue. It's just this ongoing kind of like, no one even really wants this to happen scenario that will just and whenever the result doesn't come i'll just say well we got to try harder we got to try harder and you can see why politicians now would latch on to that kind of virtue signaling and that kind of thing because it's not like there's any end in sight and at the end and and it also creates tension in the culture and like whatever so before phones this was way less of a problem man way less of a problem the world look and there's nothing you can do about it phones aren't going anywhere the world was getting smaller it's going to get smaller and smaller and smaller and, but, you know, it makes me wonder, like, it, it, would a reset be nice? Back to, like... Well, well here's the thing. You Do know? you think you could live without a phone? Yeah. You know why? Because I did. For years.
0: <laughs> Hello? You've you lost, like, 30 phones. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or broken. And, and,
1: and that's my thing, too, is, like,
0: I have good luck. No, and, what I mean is, like... Oh, oh so, now. Essentially, now, your iPhone is an extension of yourself. Yeah. I mean, it has everything that you need, but it also, like, contains a lot of your valuable information. It has all your photos your memories your ideas your text messages like we talked about I love about- eight ball pool I love it What? The game. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's entertainment. It's yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. It's everything. But, but like realistically, yeah, you can go back to having like a a flip phone if you wanted to. But like Yeah, but that's that's not going to happen. Yeah, but like at the end of the day, you kind of need an iPhone if yeah. you want or an Android, whatever the fuck. But like yeah. You
1: need it. In some I mean, ways. we've talked about this a hundred times. It's it's. There's always an equal and opposite reaction to everything. I mean, you, we've talked about this. Like, how many people have been saved by their iPhone, right? they yeah. they were in a jam and like whatever, and they called the, the the police for them or something. You know, your phone can do those kinds of things, and that's great. And think about the connection, like you said, the memories of my daughter that I'll like. People at work, when I show them videos of my daughter, they're very. Jealous. They're like, dude, if I had an iPhone, I wish I had a phone when I was your age because all the baby shit's gone of my kids. Yeah. You know? You know, it's
0: interesting. Like, I'm actually, I started writing an article about this idea and I I literally just kind of verbal vomited like out some ideas that I was thinking of. But the gist of it was basically we live in an age now where when it comes to anything in life, you kind of have to do your own research and you have to be your own like, uh, I don't know, po- police force is not the right word, but you have, to poli- well, you have to police your own behaviors. Let me cut you off you one what what second.
1: I mean? You have to police your own behaviors, and I'm not trying to interrupt you, but like, yes, like, that's why I did this, because, like, I'm somebody who, if, if something's happening, it's happening. Like, it's way bigger than me. But at least I can understand it, like that's why I want to know a collective fallacy- pr- preference falsification, yeah. these paradoxes these these psych- these social psychological situations or phenomenons that can occur when a bunch of people are in a room or or when a collective like idea is formed in like a city, like you know Manhattan has a whole tone and a vibe, like when those things happen, things get out of hand sometimes or they don't or they go a good way, but like as long as I know what's like happening technically i can be comfortable with it you know yeah it's,
0: i read um charlie munger's book yeah. poor charlie's Almanac, and charlie munger is warren buffett's business partner and Berkeley yeah. hathaway one of the most uh, successful investors of all time and he's he never actually went to school or studied finance or business he he says in his book he says if you want to be successful in any venture you should spend about 80 percent of your time studying psychology Totally, man. Right. And he read like... Gets basi- rid of your anxiety. He read like 15 psychology textbooks. And he's like, by reading those, I'm basically in the top 1% of understanding human psychology. And if you understand human psychology and behaviors, you can, one, know, know yourself enough to know what your instincts are, how yeah. to avoid them, um, how your brain, your monkey brain plays tricks on you. But you can also notice trends in society. Yes. And how large groups of humans behave together because we have hive minds and uh, you know, individually we're all brilliant, but collectively we're pretty stupid. Yes. And, um, anyway, but to get to this idea that I was talking about was like, you have to be able to, you have to be able to know certain psychological concepts to know with all the tools that we have today between our phones and social media. And now with, how confusing it is with mainstream media and like the propaganda like you can't trust politicians. They're all insider trading and they all have their own, you know, best interests in mind versus the people and even diet. Like you go to the fucking grocery store and it's just 90% of it is junk, that junk. Just, it's poison you and fitness. Everything's filled on Instagram with all these advice on like eat eggs. Don't eat meat, eat meat, don't go vegan. And like, you really have to like, like hone in on your own radar system to inform yourself on not what's trending or not what you're seeing in your feed, but like go back to old like books or old sources of media and and psychology to understand, all right, like there's so much being thrown at us today and you can either use them for good or you can Mm -hmm. let them take control of your life, like your phone. Yeah. Like think about all the, we've talked about on this podcast, like how many tools you have to use just to like not be addicted to your phone, whether it's like setting a 30 minute limit on social media or putting your phone on grayscale or turning your notifications off and like all these stupid things that unless you go out of your way to do it, you're just going to get, be controlled by your phone. True. And like, you know, going to going to like parties or social functions. Like everyone wants to serve you alcohol, serve you dessert, serve you chips, serve you like junk food. And you have to try to be disciplined or know right. yourself enough to be like, no, I shouldn't eat that. And like, but everyone else is going to be like, well, why aren't you drinking? Well, why have, have some cake, Kyle, have some cookies. And you're like, like, no, I don't, I don't want to. It's not, it's not healthy for me. Or, right. And like, you have to yeah. almost well, be, be different yeah, and set yourself apart. And like, Learn your own ways of like if you ever you ever bought up like if you have back pain, sure, people come out of the woodwork, oh when yeah. you have back pain like, everyone Yo. comes out oh they I, jump on you I have this tr- trick yeah, or I have yeah. this tool, and it's like everyone thinks they have their own ways, but like you have to do your own totally research you know it 's I mean? like
1: the Greek maxim know thyself I mean maybe that's new, another spin on it, like people are not even individuals anymore they're just part of the group think they're part of the you know the collective like the the- the the collective fallacy or the preference falsification, whichever you want to call it, they've just like kind of like fallen into that and they don't think for themselves anymore they just do what they're supposed to do or yeah. they just avoid saying the wrong things all the time and like it's just an interesting thing that we lived in a world man where people just used to say how they feel and now you just can't and now you just or or at least you you, you have to i mean it's like it's like when like Dennis Leary has a funny joke about when smoking was getting banned in restaurants, like he does this whole bit where he's like hiding under a bed and like there's a helicopter over his apartment (laughs) looking for him, whatever. And it's like, it's gotten to that point, but with speech now, like you, you can't just talk about the social problems and like one argument versus another, unless you're like in your garage with a pal and you turn your phone on airplane mode or something like it's that it's, it will, it it will eventually get a little 1984 like that with big brother. And like, it, it will eventually get to that point. But like, this is all coming up also because I saw Chuck Schumer recently. Like, this is really what what kicked it into the whole... In person? Gear. Like a good friend? Yeah. I was talking... We were having lunch, and <laughs> no. That's how it sounded. I saw him saying... And this is so crazy, man, but I swear. He... he. They asked him about Joe Biden's ab- uh, mental decline and whatever, and like cognitive decline. And, uh, and- This is the most bizarre
0: thing I've yes. ever seen. So,
1: so, so he goes... I've known Joe Biden for 30 years and I talk to him once a week at the, at the minimum once a week and he goes he has never been more yeah cognitively capable he has never been more sharp I I he's in he's a leader he's in control he knows everything when we put things in front of him he he, he coordinates and leads and like he's he's there's all of the bullshit about him being he didn't say bullshit all the stories about him his cognitive you know abilities declining is all right-wing propaganda he said now Here's the problem with that, dude. What, see, politicians used to lie about normal things, like 9-11 and your vote counts. Normal things, saying things like that that are ridiculous because you understand, though, because as a citizen, you're like, fine, the the country's huge. It's way out of my control, this whole thing. You go ahead and take the reins. You know, there's enough trust in the lie for me to just go, fine. Mm -hmm. But now Chuck Schumer's telling me, you didn't see what you saw. Yeah, you didn't hear what you heard. Yeah, that's all not true. It's disregard reality. Well, that's what Eric, disregard. Yeah, that's what Eric Weinstein says
0: on the podcast. He's like, imagine if a oil tanker um, flipped over on the side of a highway, right? Exactly, and, ex- ex- and exploded, and as people are driving by, there's a police officer that just says, "There's nothing to see here." Yeah, keep going. It's, right, it's fine. Everything's okay. everything's under control. Right, and you're like, no, but but what happened? But I saw this huge explosion. There's, there's people burning. There's there's children on fire. Like what what's going on? How can we help? Like no, nope, everything's fine. It's under control. Go go. And along. you're just like, but and you're like, yeah, no, it's n- not no, though yeah. because
1: I'm looking right at it. I thought that was a really good analogy because I didn't even <laughs> hear that part to be honest with you because I because uh, listen, man, it's it's listen, Joe Biden is um fine, whatever. I don't even care about the guy as a politician like that. It's just that dude, like the guy is walking around the room looking for there's people vi- there's just video lo- looking for people of it, yeah. who have been dead for ten years, well, did, Kyle. Did you see like, did you see what happened? Um I, I don't know the full So wait, let me just wrap this around sure. to the point, please. How you figured it the whole world out? The world is my oyster now because <laughs> I Keith Sullivan, Long Island, figured it out. Now but the thing is the politicians again didn't they're not taking into consideration the cell phone, the iPhone, in everyone's pocket. Like, yeah, dude, that yeah. video of him falling on his bike. Because everyone's fucking 80 years old. Well, yeah, they're but like... well, they, they don't, exactly. Imagine trying to explain this to Grandpa. Like, but that video of him falling on a bike, you know, that was filmed on an iPhone, I'm sure. Like, that that kind of footage, there's so much of it because of the phone. And they're they're still playing this game where they think we don't see what's going on because, you know, they think it's the 90s. But, dude, like, they got to... Listen, we got to stop with this, like, at least be better liars. I mean, don't tell me that I'm just not seeing what I saw, you know? I mean, that's why... I I think I've talked about it, but that's
0: why I love... I love Reddit, the website. That's the best
1: website on the internet. Because because
0: to me, like, even for uh, something as simple or innocuous as, like, an Amazon review, when I go to look at... um, The other day, my hands were really dry, and I wanted to get some lotion for my hands. Mm. I went on Amazon, and there's, you know, obviously a billion different freaking lotions you can get, and, like, they're rated, and that you can get it tomorrow, you can get it in three hours, whatever. You read the comments, and it's just a C, and, like, you read the comments, and you're like, all right, are these people getting paid for these comments? Like, was this a friend of the person who made it? And you're like, you don't even trust those comments, necessarily. You go to Reddit, and you type in, like, best moisturizer, and you get user accounts from like Betty from, you know, Wyoming and Jack from Mississippi and like all these people who are like, yeah, I had dry hands for 30 years and here's what Mm. worked for me. So you're actually getting like true, like real life stories yes and like people are commenting back and like asking them questions and like you're getting real life stuff versus when you try to go through the sea of the internet, you know, if you, if you just type in best moisturizer on Google, you're getting ads, you're getting promoted products, you're getting Mm. influencers who are writing an article that seems real but yeah. they're actually getting paid behind the scenes like, right right there's that lack of trust
1: where you're that's just why I, like, well that's why we love tim dylan because he'll do the ads and say like what am i reading what is this shit <laughs> yeah. that i'm reading i mean like yeah. honestly drop me i don't want to read this anymore but it, they don't yeah because th- we respect him enough to like i bet enough i don't buy anything on podcast recommendation but like though that kind of honesty people are dying for that yeah. kind of honesty man and that's why i you know? love
0: like love him or hate him elon musk buying twitter or x now
1: it's it's twitter all right yeah it's, it's what the it's x twitter. It's no twitter. one's ever gonna call it that everyone just calls it twitter oh i mean x yeah everyone says that. i'm just gonna say twitter for now but I'm that's why, gonna why i love myself. when he
0: was uh he's being interviewed by aaron sorkin in new york times and and he asked him about advertisers you know pulling ad spend and he was and elon was just like if you're trying to blackmail me with, with oh, yeah. ad dollars, he's like go fuck yourself. Yeah. He's like let me be clear, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. And like hey again, Bob,
1: yeah again talking to Bob Iger, <laughs> yeah again from, like, from Disney, right, yeah right.
0: And people you know love him or hate him, but that is really powerful in this day and age because most of these organizations that we've come to trust like behind the scenes advertisers are pulling the strings and like mm-hmm. it really is and I for me i work in the advertising world a lot of it is it's not propaganda but it is incentive incentiving incentivizing them to not tell the full truth of course right because they're beholden to well if we say this then you know then, you know, then L'Oreal might pull their ad spend. And they're, you know, L'Oreal's been one of our biggest revenue drivers this year. Mm -hmm. And for Elon to say, no, my platform is promoting free speech on an open internet. And if an advertiser tries to basically bribe me by saying, well, you know, we're we're L'Oreal, we're going to spend a billion dollars with you this year. And if you don't censor that, that tweet from that scientist, then, you know, we're going to pull that. And he's like, no, go fuck yourself. Right. That's so powerful. And I don't think people appreciate how important that is. It is. Because you might, you might hate everything Elon Musk does and says, and he's childish and whatever. He's, he was a prick. You can say whatever you want. That alone, that idea is so important. And I don't think people are putting enough weight on how important that is because it's
1: so rare. Yeah. Somebody was saying that, he was recently sued or something by somebody, or he 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 was he received some kind of um, what's that word when it's a request that you must respond because the courts. Cease asking, and desist. Uh-huh, so whatever, I don't know. Yeah. But like he had to answer these people who were suing him, had to, or else it was a legal action. It's not a cease and desist. I don't. Know. Uh, who knows, dude? We're not lawyers, but like he sent back a poop emoji, and what's <laughs> funny about that is they have to file that like it has to be the official <laughs> response of Elon Musk it's just like the a pile of shit with a smile on face. <laughs> they have to write that in right, the like, document. and he knows that he, he knows sent that back a visual image yeah. of an emoticon right yeah. right yeah man phones are the problem we're never gonna get out of it but at least know what's happening at least know that you're probably in a, involved in a collective fallacy or a preference falsification not scheme but scenario where like it's really no one's fault but just like when you like you said when humans get together we can be really stupid and a lot of the things that you may be fighting for or believe in you really don't yeah. you know what i mean and you just look within know thyself for christ's sake it's even
0: like noticing your own behavior like you ever go on a plane hmm. and you, the plane takes off you don't have any wi-fi but you don't know what to do and you immediately open your phone oh yeah you can't access anything on your phone unless you're playing video games but you still find a way to like Go through your photos or mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. just click random apps and yeah. open them. Dude, i like
1: check my steps for the week before. Yeah. Like I'm like anything. And
0: you're, you're like, that's one of those scenarios where it's an impulse. Yeah. And, like if you notice that in yourself, like that's, that's informative. Yeah. Where you're like, wait, why am I even looking at this? I, right. I know I, I know I have nothing to do on this phone because I can't access the internet. Correct. Yet. I'm still holding it and clicking random things for 20 minutes that's an addiction I'm just wasting my time like what am I doing and like I don't know it's little things like that but yeah there's just so many like impulsive behaviors that we
1: like speaking of impulsive behaviors yeah didn't you read a book about spending money or not spending it or something yeah so I, I just read die with zero by Bill Perkins it's
0: one of those books that I'm you know I'm in this on Instagram the algorithm I'm I'm in this like book community with a lot of other guys who read and like recommend similar type of books like me and this one kept coming up, Die With Zero. Right. This guy isn't like an author or hadn't written any books beforehand, but this book was a really interesting concept. And it's a, it's a finance book, but it's more of like a philosophy book. And his idea was, this guy, he has no background really in, in finance necessarily. He was an engineer and then he got into like uh, trading energy stocks and became like a multi-millionaire. Oh, so
1: he, he gets money though. Yes, he understands. He has
0: he has enough money to afford the luxury of this belief, but it's kind of this radical approach of maximizing what he calls your return on life enjoyment. So, this is so important. It's very important. And when you first open the first few pages, you're just like, "All right, is this guy just saying die with zero? Like, you want to literally die and be in your coffin with no money in your bank account? Like, so what? You just spend money on trips to Bali and like blow all your money and then." leave nothing to your kids. It's not that he has a very like systematic approach on how to spend your money. And it's actually really smart and something that I think everyone can adopt. The regular model is right. You work in your twenties and everyone tells you, you know, you got to save as much as you can, you know, put, put as much of your money into savings for your 401k into stocks. And, you know, because you want to have that nest egg when you retire at Dude, 65. And, and I'm
1: one of those people, I heard that and I was like, no.
0: Yeah. So what he, he actually says is you should you should divide um, your life into three different segments or three different areas of your life where you have either time, money, or health, right? So at any moment, uh, you're over-indexing in one of those three areas. So when you're younger, when you're in your 20s and 30s, you have the most health. So in that case, when you're in your 20s and 30s, you should maximize your spending on things where your health is the utmost priority. So if you want to do physical activities that cost money, spend all your money. Go skydiving, you know, go dancing in some crazy country, go backpacking, hike Kilimanjaro, like go yeah. to go to Everest base camp, like spend your money however much it is. Because you're not gonna you're have You're abundant
1: that, in that right now. Like yeah, when,
0: yeah, when you're sixty five and you retire, you're gonna have enough money to do that, but maybe you're you have arthritis or maybe you have a bad hip and you're not gonna be able to do that. So you, you spent your whole life working and saving your money and now you can't go hike Kilimanjaro. So what he calls it is memory dividends, which I love this idea. So memory dividends are basically when you do something so you go to you have an experience of some kind that Maybe it was a little out of reach with money. You know, your friend invited you to a trip to to Mexico and you were 21 and you had been working all summer and you're like, shit, I only have like $700 in my bank account. This trip's going to cost 500. Like, can I do that? But you did it and you had the time of your life and 10 years later, you and your friends still catch up over beers. You talk about that trip to Mexico. That's a memory dividend. And every year that goes by, that memory dividend gains interest. And what he says is you retire on your memories. So the most important thing at the end of your life is when you look back, like what memories did you create with with people that you love? So you want to maximize those memory dividends and stack them up. So the way to do that, again, in your 20s when you're healthy, spend money on things that are physical in some way. Um, Then – and he basically – it's kind of a risky attitude, but he says – you're ultimately, as you get older, you're gonna make more money. That's kind of a assumption, but generally speaking, based on statistics, that is a almost a fact. Like
1: that's why it's so silly for twenty year olds to occupy Wall Street. It's like, it, it's part of the reason. It's like, yeah, you know, the guy's seventy five. He's had, he's had fifty more years at making money right, than you. Yeah, of yeah. course, he has more money. Yeah. Yeah. So then, <laughs> so then, when
0: you're in your, you know, your forties and fifties, you have more money. So now you can do things that you wouldn't have done in your twenties and thirties because it was way too expensive. So when you're in your forties and fifties, maybe you can, you know, uh, rent a, rent a hotel and like, you know, or go on a yacht with your friends or like go to some crazy trip that's way out of your budget. Go to Napa Valley, go to the coast of Italy, go, you know, a train setting in, in Europe or something. Cause when you're in your 40s and 50s, you have the money. So spend it on that. Those are important memories that you'll have. Then when you're in your 60s and 70s, you have the most time. So that's where you should spend money on things that take a lot of time. Gotcha. Um, I can't think of any good examples, but right, right. You know, golf or whatever it might be. Yeah. So it's a really smart way, and he goes through this systematic way of like calculating how to divvy up your savings and be smart about it. Um, you know, I'm not going to adopt a hundred percent and like go all in on this. Yeah. Um, another important thing he said was, well, what about when you die? What are you just not going to leave any money to your family?
1: Right. That word. I was going to ask you about that.
0: And that's also a smart idea. He says, okay, let's say you die when you're 90, your kids then are 60 perhaps. Now you're, you're going to give your kids what? Like let's say 50 grand each when they're 60, they already have a lot of money, Like what are they going to do with it? They they probably already have a house, they've already gone on vacations. They're not really going to be maximizing their. I fucking love this guy. So what he says is fucking money. He says based on the again statistics, like the your kids will get the most value out of an inheritance when they're in their twenties or thirties. So rather than wait until you die to give them money, right? Buy the summer house at forty eight. Yeah. So give them, give them. You know. 30 grand when they're 25 with a purpose say, I want you to go travel Europe or I want you to start a business or I want you to buy a house because that's where they're going to get the most maximum.
1: Dude, I love this guy. He's a hundred percent right in my opinion. I I I totally agree with all that. I mean, I love that. I think that that's – because it's about time someone wrote a goddamn book about the reality of human experience in life on this yeah. planet. Like, your memories are everything, dude. All I do is think about my memories, honestly, yeah. even now. I'm always thinking about my past or what I did that one time. It was so much fun, whatever. Like, I don't really care about – j- I am need to read that book because, like, it's It's just – like, I'm. I've read finance books and stuff, and it's all about, <clears> like, you know – budgeting and whatever and it's like dude boring yeah you know like we're lit trili- you're gonna die yeah. you're gonna die you need to do <laughs> something like now you yeah.
0: know i'll give it to you after it's it's really yeah. really good and like he also you know he talks about how to still be smart still save still put money in stocks and bonds and all, and you all do. the boring you do. shit right you do you're not gonna but, be stupid but um but, but like, yeah very re- re-
1: realistically it's very realistic all... like right
0: outlook and i thought it was refreshing i agree um The other book I read that kind of ties into it was David Brooks, who's an author I love. I've read a couple of his books, The Second Mountain. um, uh, I forget the other one. You've mentioned him. But he wrote a book. I think it just came out. It's called How to Know a Person. Yeah. So so this book's all about basically relationships. So you've probably heard about the Grant study about Harvard. Um, In the 1940s, they took 269 uh, men and women from Harvard, and followed their lives for decades. Oh my God. So they literally tracked, like, these people, these 269 people, their whole lives from their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, et cetera, um, tracked everything. And it was a study on happiness. And long- oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The deathbed sto- thing? Yeah. Long yes, story yes, short, yes, yes. and like, this was a surprise decades ago when the study kind of came out, but yeah. they found that the most important thing for long lasting happiness or fulfillment in life was the close relationships that you have. So this book is basically diving into how do you make the most of your relationships? How do you get deeper with the people that you love and form close bonds? And it sounds like kind of a cheesy book, but it was really helpful because he ties in like so many different sources. And, um, it was really interesting talking about the one thing that I found awesome about that grant study too, was, um, in, some of those men went to World War II, right? And some of them were not successful, you know, kind of low-ranking sergeants or whatever, but others went on to become officers. So they led, you know, uh, an infantry or they led, you know, a company, whatever it was. And they tried to find, well, what was it that separated the men who became officers versus the ones who didn't? And it took them, like, years to figure it out. They tried asking them all these sorts of different questions, and they found the number one indicator for one of those men to become an officer in the army was that they grew up in a warm, loving household.
1: Oh, wow. Which is
0: crazy. Wow, Because that is int- they had the emotional capacity um, and experience to be able to lead men in different ways and be vulnerable and get deep and uh, yell at right. the ones who needed it, but be soft with the ones and tender with the ones who didn't and understand each person individually.
1: So the book... A lot of emotional intelligence.
0: Yeah, so the book is very much about... You know, the power of listening and the power of like, what I thought was interesting is he said, people are way more willing to have deep conversations and tell their stories than you think. And when it's true, like when someone have you ever met someone who like they just instantly are able to like crack you and like get you mm. to start sharing your sure. story and like absolutely it's because they're just genuinely interested yeah and you want to tell them your story <laughs> right like when someone actually asks you like a deep question most of the time you're not going to be like dude what the fuck that's way too personal yeah like most of the time you kind of want to be like yeah you know actually my childhood was rough and, like yeah, you, yeah, you start yeah, to go yeah. into it and, like i thought that was really interesting it's like it's true we're all kind of like scared and he said, we all know the most important thing in life is relationships. Like, to most of us, that's pretty obvious. Yet, the thing we suck at most is relationships, sure.
1: too. You got to wear your heart on your sleeve in this world, man. Yeah. Because everyone's going through the same thing. Everyone. You know, yeah. I mean, like, I know that some people's lives are way worse than others. That's not my point. The point is, we all have struggle. And, you know, I got to be honest with you. I'm not trying to be like, you know, how people are like, I'm an empath, and I know how people feel. I'm not. I'm just saying that I am that guy. Yeah. That I'll go up to people and just go, like, so how was your childhood? Like, because <laughs> I think that's funny. Yeah. But then a lot of the time, they'll tell me. Yeah. You know? They'll actually open up about that. And you, uh,
0: you know what happens is, like, and you've dealt with, like, terminal illness, right? And like, yeah. When you have someone in your life who gets a, a terminal diagnosis or is close to death in some way, it instantly just reframes It snaps everything. you out of it. And you realize, it like, truly, the, like... In this moment, the only thing that matters is spending time with your loved ones. Yeah. Like, so now... Oh my God, it's so true. And it just creates this filter where you're like, oh, of course, it's so obvious. Like, yeah, like maybe you you, you hate your family and you're mad at your sister-in-law and like, yeah, your your mother-in-law drives you crazy. But when death comes into the foreframe, like... All that goes away. Well, you know, I've got like to be mo- honest.
1: I, 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 I know people who don't speak to family members, and I'm it's just crazy. Like, yeah, I'm like, I do. I will never understand no, that. Never and it's ever. not just because my dad's dead. It's usually I mean, it's, people's dads die, but like, it's usually Italians. Yeah, it is. I don't is. know what it is. The Italians. They hold. hold grudges. They hold, they hold, a a grudges they hold in Those grudges, arguments, right? But I'm just joking. Italians. I'm no like Kyle. They can take a little <laughs> bit of. It's okay. You know what I mean. <laughs> but uh. Like, my point is, I don't. I, it literally blows my mind. Like, you know, there was a time where someone I knew didn't talk to their dad. And I was like, that can't continue. No. It just can't continue. And I'm going to tell you why. Because your whole life, you're going to be going through your life on every occasion. Birthday, Christmas, Thanksgiving, all of it. At some point in the night, you're going to go, I don't know what my dad's doing. Here's what you got to do. Your dad maybe he's an asshole, maybe he fucked up beyond, you know, forgiveness even maybe. But the point is just because someone did something to you, it doesn't mean you have to do it to them. It doesn't mean that you now have to be that way. Like I people have said to me in the past cuz I'm I can be very kind to people who are rude to me and I respond with just because they're an asshole doesn't mean I have to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let their behavior change the way I am. I'm, I am I have no animosity towards this person at all, whatever it is. And they call, kill them with kindness, kind of. But I think in the long run, a lot of things can just be solved by thinking in long term instead of short term. But like... Oh, that's, that's, that's everything. That's the definition that's of... life. Of that, that that's is, how I figured it out. That is self-help <laughs> just like wrapped in a sentence right there. Yes. Long term over short term. It's really yeah. it. And, 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 and long term... It's much better for you to establish a semblance of a relationship with your father even if it's not even a fatherly relationship. Even if it's just like an even amicable just closure, civilized, yeah. like there's closure now. It's over. You were the bigger person. You 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 turned your cheek. You said, "You know what? Do do to me what you will. I still love you." Yeah. It doesn't matter. That kind of stance is the ultimate stance to take, especially and it, and it it it, it 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 mends so many um future ripples of disruption within the family it's it's so important to yeah. do that man
0: and I, and i've been i 've been really trying to do this because like I think you know i, I feel like I go through, you're very outgoing just automatically i think you you can walk into a room and you're just instantly and maybe you're not, but like to me it seems like you just exude this like charism- charisma and like confidence and like you can talk to anyone right like absolutely you, you can talk to a wall
1: whereas I, I, I had a very long conversation with a squirrel once. <laughs> Very very long in depth. <laughs> it was great. Exactly. Go ahead. Um, but I feel like sometimes I can get.
0: Uh, I kind of prefer isolation. Sometimes I like just being by myself or being quiet and like observing. And I've tried to force myself more to when I'm in a conversation. I feel I notice myself sometimes just like wanting to get out of it, mm. or just like being disengaged and being like, yeah, but I I gotta I gotta go do this thing and like not really paying attention. Whereas now. I try to remind myself about this book, and you know, really like turn and like just make my body interested. Sure. And lean in and like actually engage, make eye contact, and I always feel so much better when I do. And like I try to just not say anything about myself. I try to ask them questions, yeah, yeah. Even if I actually don't give a shit, (laughs) all of a sudden it just like it's almost like a psychological trick. It is right. We talked about like knowing psychology and. Like someone, uh, I just ran into someone who was like a lead singer of a band and he was very annoying and like just obnoxious and he was like playing his music to me and it was awful. Oh, that sucks. And I was just like, oh, that's, that's really cool. Like that you, you seem like really passionate about, it. like, when did you start singing? And like he went on and I, I wasn't really interested, but then all of a sudden, you know, he starts going a little deeper into his life and he's like, yeah, you know, my dad was a singer. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm interested and I'm like, oh, like what did your dad do? And like. Then it becomes a conversation, and now I feel like I know this guy like really well. So now the next time I see him, we have a friendship, and a conversation. And it's like, oh my god! Did and you, he feels lit up. You, probably, you observed like,
1: and built rapport. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there it is. There it is, baby. <laughs> you did. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's it's what so, the whole podcast is about. Yeah. Um,
1: that's really all it comes yeah. down to, man. I mean, like it, it's amazing how we. I never know where we're gonna end up in this show, right? But like yeah. relationships and memories. That's all you have. It's that's really true. the truth of it. Like as long as you're being a generally normal person, you're not pissing all your money away on drugs and like you're doing the right thing generally speaking, as long as that's all handled, you really just got to worry about your relationships and and not just like not being a dick. I mean like building like you're saying, like talking to people for real because it's right below the surface a lot of the time. Yeah. I saw a great video of a guy the other day. He was actually in the Oculus. Like it was so close to where I am every day. And he just goes up to this guy, and he goes, "He's English." He's like, "Excuse me, sir, do you have a dream?" And the and oh. the guy, the guy's like, "Um, like, dude, it you saw him just like, oh, I'm alive, I'm a person, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, yeah." And he goes, "It was actually really sad." He goes, "No, I'm just trying to build, put my life back together. Uh, kind of had a tragedy recently, and." you know, COVID uh, brought on a lot of internal anguish and loneliness. And I'm just kind of here at the office, just trying to build my life back to where it was before this whole thing. And like, and it just, just a few noises with this guy's mouth just opened this person up to, he was literally, it was so poetic because he was literally just like a a background, uh, you know, secondary character in this thing. Yeah. And then he just, it, it, it could have been anyone it's new york city it could have been anyone he just ran randomly and this guy just snapped back into the moment and was like yeah and then again the question has nothing to do with it but it was deep enough to make the guy think mm-hmm. and like be vulnerable and then the guy said to him when he was done explaining he said you can do anything you want you know that like you can do anything wow. you whatever you want to do you can do it And he, and the guy's like Thanks. Thank you. I, I needed wow. to hear that today and like that's whatever. Cool. And I was like, yeah, that's the humanity that we all are kind of missing nowadays, right? Like it's it's a little bit, people are so afraid to just, everyone's going through the same thing. Yeah. Everyone's going through it. You're not special, but that kind of makes you special because you have the ability to, you can connect with anybody. You just ask them a question that you, how was your childhood? Just ask them that stupid question. It, it, it's funny at first, but then you'll get somewhere. And look, I'm not saying the cashier. I'm saying like if you're at like a barbecue or you or you're, you're friends with people, it's like, you know, you're maybe you're in a situation where your wife's friend has a husband and you don't know what to say to the guy kind of thing. Just have just be a little brave. Yeah. Be a little brave. Ask him what's your biggest fear.
0: It's so you know? cool. And even just like even through this this podcast and like recommending books and stuff and being Uh, sometimes I would be like nervous about, you know, like, um, am I coming off like weird? Like, do people think I'm like nerdy about like talking about these books and stuff or people judge me, but I get so many, it doesn't matter. I get so many messages or phone calls or people who I run into from like high school or coworkers who are like, Hey man, like, and they like pull me aside and they're like, dude, like you've been recommending those books. And like, I got to tell you, like, I love those books too. And like, Mm -hmm. Hey, have you read this book? And like, dude, I had a meeting this so one guy at work who I I know I thought I knew pretty well. He literally messaged me one day. He's like, Hey, can we set up, you know, like a, a thirty minute Zoom call? I just wanna talk about like books and stuff and I think it's really cool what you're doing And I was like yeah, look at that. Like, you see? And me and him ended up talking and like he was he fascinated me like he's big into he's a huge like Christian. And he's got daughters and he's like, yeah, every night I read them these scriptures. He's like, you know, I noticed a lot of these scriptures. They tie into kind of like the stoic philosophy stuff, too. And it's really interesting. And I love just like imparting this on my girls. And I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. And then I got to know him better. Like I asked him questions about stuff. I got to learn about these scriptures he was recommending to me. So now I'm reading some of those scriptures that he sent me. And I'm like, that the, just that connection right there. Like, awesome. Exactly. So cool. Just just from being a little open and vulnerable about something maybe he's shy about. Maybe he doesn't want to talk about his religion in, at work. Right. Maybe right. I don't want to talk about... It's a like, low my, trust social environment. Yeah. Maybe I don't want to talk about my like Instagram or podcast at work. Right. And then the two of us just had this connection through something that we were both interested in and like that's
1: i was just speaking to somebody who wants to pursue and again kyle by the way I, whether people believe it or not we're inspiring people because <laughs> like you're saying like your oh, friends God. at work your coworkers. but i know someone now who wants to pursue a social media endeavor of their own like something that they're interested in and they want to put it out there but they were afraid and they were like you know keith i'm just like afraid of what people are gonna say and i'm like dude look it's not if they talk shit it's when first of all yeah which sounds like a bad thing It does, but it's not because you just have to. That's part of it. We all pay a price for expressing ourselves. You can't just write a song and and expect everyone, the whole world's just gonna love it. You're gonna win a Grammy. Like people are gonna have something to say, and. But again, that 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 is so absolutely part of it that you shouldn't even worry about it. It's like it's like, do you worry about dying every day? Mm-hmm. No, it's gonna happen at some point. You don't even care because it's so. Everyone goes in a box. Yeah, everyone gets judged for expressing themselves in public. You can't care about that. You just have to do it, and you just have to, if it makes you happy, just do it for yourself. And it has nothing to do, in a way, with what other people think or say. Right? Like, hopefully, they like it, but that's not the goal. You know, like who cares if they like it or not? You need, you have something to say and you want other people, you, you think it's worth other people knowing about this. Yeah. You know, that's really what we're doing here. We hear things and we want to go, fuck, more people should know about this. This is so cool. And it's cool. You know, one of the, uh, one of the
0: questions that David Brooks recommends asking is one of the questions you asked me on this podcast, which was a Joe's couch question. Which Which one was that? What would you do if you weren't
1: afraid? Oh yeah. 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 Like
0: that feels like such a personal question imagine just like going up to a stranger and asking them that yeah but like that guy yeah do you have a dream do you have a dream like it's basically the same question it is the same and like it just feels like when i was reading it i was like come on like no one's no one's just gonna ask like you know you're why not you're having like drinks with like a coworker and like you just but yeah why not and i thought why not a simple what's gonna happen a simple simpler way to do this too is rather than asking someone like Hey, like, what do you think about the election? Oh, who cares? Or like, what do you think about, you know, the Super Bowl? And like, what Taylor Swift, instead of asking them like those kind of baseline questions, you can ask them that, but then ask them like, well, how did you come to like, have that belief? Or how did you come to think that way? Like, which is way more interesting. Absolutely. Like if if someone's a Donald Trump supporter, rather than judge them and be like, oh, like, you know, put them in a box of like, oh, well, they must have this belief. Ask them be like, well like, when did you start like thinking he was good? Like, how did you come to believe that? And you'll actually find the humanity in them and ask and get much deeper. Yeah. And he talks about, um, I just posted this in my newsletter, but, um, paradigmatic thinking yeah, I saw that. Of thinking. So paradigmatic thinking is basically statistical, analytical. So if you're putting together, you know, like a PowerPoint presentation or like a legal brief or just bullet points of like, data and statistics right which is typically what you're going to see if you're watching cnn or fox news or some talk show versus narrative thinking which is telling a story right getting deeper like Hmm. looking someone eye to eye and having no time constraint and just asking them to tell a story about something and human beings obviously with the bible being the perfect example we relate much more to stories yes. than we do to facts.
1: That's why we like movies. That's why we like books. Which is yeah.
0: why like the point of, of, uh, of any religious text, it's not for it to be factual. It's to relate the story and the feeling of the story to, to exude those feelings. So my, uh, my engagement with that paradigmatic thinking versus narrative thinking, what I said was that this is why podcasts are so popular. Yeah. And why it's just exploding. And like, oh, there's there's a million podcasts and like everyone's doing a podcast now. And it's like, yeah, because people want to hear other people's stories. People yes. want to hear other people talk. And I, I hate this bullshit about like, oh, we all have short attention spans. It's not true. It's like, no, we don't. No, it's not true it, at all. We have short attention spans because that's what people think and they keep saying mm-hmm. and they, it's almost like the they're like gaslighting us into like yeah you have an, a short attention span it's exactly so, right so we're gonna make this as short and like punchy and like change the edits every five seconds mm-hmm. as possible but every, someone can sit down and listen to like an andrew huberman podcast for three hours where he That's talks right. about fucking dopamine well you know, you know
1: it's like mark mark uh ladia from softwood underbelly he's like look there is nothing more interesting than a person's story yeah no matter who it
0: is Software underbelly which you've talked about a lot is one of the most incredible interesting tra- channels and engaging things. It's
1: it's one of the greatest pieces of media you can watch. It's yeah, it's because, uncomfortable and like a lot of it is, you know,
0: edgy to say for lack of a better term, but yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's like Look, it's it's real you learn the more you'll, you'll learn more on Soft Underbelly than that's right any
1: book or any like right you know, but he, documentary. He, he he knows, he said there's nothing more interesting than a person yeah. Every, he goes I don't he, goes, he, said, he said something similar in that He's like this it's all bullshit like like this thing that like you have to come up with this great story with a great plot and a great He's like just ask someone to tell their story anyone, a homeless guy, the president, uh, the guy who works the groceries it doesn't matter who it is they, you will if you really listen, you will be enthralled. You will be enthralled. It's every Everyone's story is incredible. And you love hearing it. It's human, yeah. like you said.
0: One of my favorite things was um I've, I've been a manager at work right, in the corporate environment. And one of the things I always try to do is to just like, you know, let's set aside some time and not talk about work. You know, I want to get to know the people on my team so I get to know them yeah. better. One of the things we do, it's called a pecha kucha, which I think is like a Japanese term. Sounds or, it. I don't know what it means. But the gist of it is basically you create a... Um, a PowerPoint presentation about your life. Um, and I've reformatted it into a, my own kind of way that I like to do it. But you basically, each person gets up and the first slide is kind of just like their, you know, their their career history, where they've worked, whatever. Just facts about their life, where they're from. The second one is about their family. So, you know, who their parents are, right. wh- where they live, where they grew up, uh, you know, who their wife or girlfriend or, or husband or their dogs and stuff like that. The third one is their likes and dislikes. So what are their hobbies? You know, do they like rock climbing? What are the things they hate? You know, do they hate going to the mall? Do they hate, you know, the Marvel movies? Whatever it is. Because <laughs> like, you learn more about them. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the last slide is they have to tell the most audacious, embarrassing story they can. And I challenge them Love to be it. like, no, I don't want like you gotten, you know, you threw up in first grade. I right. want like a a sex story or right. like a drug, like I want something crazy. Right. And usually I'll go first and I'll tell a story of like my first night in college because I want to set the scene of like this is the level I want your embarrassing story to be. And we have so much fun doing those because you get to know your coworkers so much better that way. Yeah. Like you'd be like, oh, like Samantha, I had no idea. You know, you grew up in the Philippines and then you moved to Hong Kong, and also you're into rollerblading. But that's yeah. so cool! Like rollerblading's making a
1: comeback, by the way. <laughs> but it's, like, yeah,
0: yeah, and like I made friends with this one guy because, you know, he was super into like his favorite movie was Dumb and Dumber, and like this oh. is a guy, this is a guy who's like so quiet and like I thought he was like kind of weird, and like I didn't really talk to him much, and then. Now I know he loves Dumb and Dumber, and I'm like, "All right, dude, like you're my guy. Like we're gonna talk all the time, and like other you see other people making connections too. Like, oh, you do sewing or you do gardening. Like we should we should chat. Like follow me on social media. I talk about my plants and like it's but you see what I mean?
1: Exactly. First of all, we're all the same. Yeah, and we kind of forgot that in the last few years because of this low trust. I'm not trying to get all back to the beginning, but like (laughs) it really is. Like I think that it really is a. I think I, I. I'm joking when I say I figured everything out. I'm, but what I'm saying is I really believe attaching a name to it at least gives people the opportunity to, to, to identify this issue in the office or at church or wherever it is and you can understand oh I'm just there's this, there's this illusion that there's a low trust environment right now the, my setting right now is low trust environment but it's not it's do you feel that feeling of like this kind of like oh there's like a veil I don't know yeah. if we should I don't know but like this exercise that you now have to do because of this it's necessary and like it makes me feel like back in the day it wasn't always like that you know I know that like the office is the office doesn't mean everybody was best friends on the first day but now there is a bit of a timidness mm. attached to opening up and you there's no know, you, reason for it you know what the it. perfect
0: example of it is when I especially feel it in the corporate environment. I don't know if you feel this in any social setting, but when someone brings up like COVID or like,
1: Oh my God. But that's what that's, that's, I think that's what kind of brought it to this point.
0: That's like one of those ones where like, you're not sure you're kind of feeling each other out. You know
1: what my thing is, dude, I know so much like that in my opinion is just like, Flawless logic about it yeah. that I just don't care. I just say exactly like, how I But you know,
0: Like even my coworker who I thought I knew really well, he's just like, "Oh yeah, I just got my like my third booster," and I'm just like, "You're like obli oh, okay?" I'm just like, <laughs> and like, but you know, instead, hey, good for you. But yeah, a it, shit. Instead you know? of me like thinking what I'm thinking and not saying it, I, what I should have been like was like, "Oh, like, did you?" Have, I should have actually probed and asked more questions to get to know him better because yeah. maybe he had a good reason. For all I know maybe not um but i would have gotten to know him a little better if i actually was genuinely interested versus i kind of just judged him immediately and assumed 10 other things about him yes, when he said that yes, you know what i mean yes, yes. so i feel like that is a perfect example when you hear someone being like, oh yeah, I took the train this morning. Like, I, you know, I wore that's my-
1: called something too. From my readings about social psychology, there that thing that you just did there, assuming ten other things about someone based on one thing, is is also something that's been deeply studied yeah. about, and it causes a lot of cultural tension. Yeah. Like when it spreads thin, and that's what COVID did, right? Well, it's like social so- psychology is like the most interesting thing <laughs> in the world, especially these days, because there's so much cult- so many cultural issues, yeah. and there are social s- there issues. There are so
0: many things today that you can. At least in your brain, you can do that logic. Yeah. If like if someone says, Oh, I love Donald Trump, you can you just add 10 to, things. You can jump to conclusions about that. Absolutely. Right. But and,
1: some of those things are definitely not even true. No. it's it's the That's the truth of it. Let's all wrap right. it up.
0: Thank you, everyone, for listening to episode number 18 of Observe and Poor Show. Feel free to share this with all your friends. Uh, subscribe to my newsletter, the Observe and Report newsletter. Um, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, all linked in the bio
1: below. Thank you. Oh my god, wait a minute. Uh I have to I forgot. This is so important. <laughs> Music stop. No, this is so important. If you've Hold reached on. this part of the podcast. Yeah, wait. Okay, thank God. Listen, okay. Quick story. Huge and so important. Remember I told you I got a car? Yeah. I had to call Geico and switch. The primary uh, vehicle to this new vehicle that I was getting, right? So I call Geico. I'm like, "Hey, my name is Keith. I blah blah blah. Policy number blah blah blah. I'm calling for this reason, and I need your help. And I need you to do this for me." The other guy, guy in the guy in the phone goes, "Hey, man. Before we do any of these things for you, you need to promise me that you get into radio." or broadcasting or something like that because your voice is incredible he started giving me this compliment right That's and I was like wow thank you so much but as it turns out I have a podcast and he goes no shit are you kidding and I and this is going on on the floor in the dealership people are laughing now they're like what the hell is this guy doing on the phone with this guy and I'm like yeah so it's called Observe and Rapport we talk about books and like the wisdom and like the whatever and the history and he's like that's so cool he goes I'm definitely going to check it out right and I said dude I'm going to give you a shout out next episode So Cole, so Cole is it Cole Geico? So it's Cole over at Comac Geico. How you doing, pal? I hope you're listening. And if if you hear this, you got to leave a comment or reach out or something or or share it to your story and tag me. You know, it's all on the thing. I I told him about. Give him a good policy. I believe it's Cole. Yes, Cole at Geico uh, Comac. Yes, great. Yeah. Okay. So now we can. wrap. I almost forgot. Thank God I didn't forget. So funny. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for listening, Cole. Yeah, thanks for listening, Cole, and thanks for the... And, dude, my insurance actually went down. Hell yeah. Maybe that's why. Observer Report discount. Maybe we'll do Geico ads (laughs) next time. Type in O&R for the (laughs) discount. Go to (laughs) Comac Geico. (laughs) Discount code O&R. Okay, (laughs) thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Oh, dude, true story. I swear to God, I forgot to tell you.